Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft and Associates Financial and Lifestyle Concierge. This year, they're celebrating 26 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Judy is the author of two books, How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money, For a Better Today and Tomorrow, and her latest book, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, How to Successfully Manage Money in Every Decade of Life. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of this show at www.juditheft.com. Now here's the host of Mastering Your Financial Life, Judy Heft. everybody welcome i'm judy heft financial and lifestyle concierge celebrating 27 years in business now and welcome to our podcast mastering your financial life it's our 41st episode and today i'm here with my good friend rona wexler rona and i have known each other for quite a few years we met years ago through networking and we've kept in touch and rona is the founder and president of the employability expert and we're going to talk about that with rona among other things and find out what really is an employability expert it's a mouthful but um rona's been doing this for 21 years and she also acts as an expert witness uh, on uh, employability and vocational issues and she's a writer uh she's an author and she's writes she speaks on career issues and she's written some uh employ unemployment matters and she's written for the new york uh state bar association and other organizations that need her expert uh opinions so thank you rona thanks for being here with me oh thanks for having me judy it's really a pleasure to be here and to um connect with your audience such a good one yeah, thank you. I hope uh, that they learn as much as I'm planning on learning. So what really is an employability expert? An employability expert is also referred to as a vocational expert. And what we do is we will um, evaluate a person's abilities and skills and experience and how they can lead to or would be um, used in the labor market. So different positions, different types of roles. Um, we evaluate that person via vis-a-vis -vis their education, prior work experience, how long they've been out of the marketplace, if they have been, things of that nature. And then we look at the labor market and we have tools with which to even go back in time and see what jobs were available to people and present and going in present day. Most of our work um, most of the employability experts work so far has been in family law, employment litigation, some personal injury, insurance matters. So that might mean that if it's personal injury or insurance, a post event, in other words, now you're on disability or you've been injured or you have some type of um, medical concern and we need to understand what you can do now for work okay that you might not have done in the past but a lot of it is and in in family law it's all about it's all about the money you know and always <laughs> always right the big it's almighty all, dollar right that's right so usually there's someone comes to me to evaluate uh through their attorney always through the attorney 
to evaluate their own capabilities because they're trying to be proactive or they think the spouse is going to uh, in, demonstrate that they can do more than they can or earn more than they can. And, or it could be the other spouse. Can that spouse do better than what they're saying? Um, and what are the strengths and weaknesses in that? If it's in, and part of what we also look at is if the person says that they have looked for work and that there's nothing available for them that meets the prior earning capacity or their full earning capacity, we examine the job search. What have you done? What are the documents? How is it organized? What have you learned? And what resources are you using? And how consistently? So that especially comes into play when we do employment litigation. So we work on either side, the employee side or the employer side. And usually that means that we need to understand what that person can do. Was there an event that impacts their employability, um, such as publici publicity that is negative that might have come out about them? But more often, it's about what the individual has done to seek work during the period of litigation. Because if it's an employment, they have the plaintiff or the employee has a legal obligation to seek work as close to what they were earning as possible. And so we examine the job search because frequently they have not been able to get comp comparable employment. Personal injury would be the same thing, except we would do more testing and understand what the capabilities are. Hopefully with matrimonial or family law, we're helping people create a path to employment, okay? Because generally speaking, one or two of the individuals are going to have to be more self-supporting or contribute to child support, and that needs to be understood. So we do the interview, the evaluation, we issue a report to the court or to the attorneys to present to court, and then we'll see how the court or the judge or referee or arbitrator uses that. So in a matrimonial situation, what if one of the uh, partners was a stay-at-home parent? Uh, and then all of a sudden now, you know, they were married for 20 years or 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And all of a sudden now there's a divorce situation and they That's feel true. like they really need to get out there and work, but they're not really sure what they can do. They haven't worked in 10 years. Interestingly enough, I interviewed someone the other day for a position who hadn't, who was married for 25 years, was blindsided by a divorce. And mm -hmm. now she has to get out there and work. And for 10 years, she's been working at home for herself, doing her own thing, doing her father's books, but she doesn't really have, she has a big gap there. So I'm not really sure if she's the right candidate because she, things have changed in 10 years. Let's put it that way. And is she up to speed? And so are those some of the kinds of things that you evaluate? That's most of, that's one of the most stereotypical examples you could have offered. Yeah. Um, we have at least three cases on the table right now that have some degree like that, you know? So um, 10 years isn't so terrible to tell you the truth, but uh -huh. someone does have to create a roadmap about how they're going to upgrade their skills and knowledge to current day, understand what's going on. We offer ideas about courses that one can take online. Um, Dr. Turner, who also works with me, um, is very good at that and exploring all of those things. And um, then we also can investigate other types of online work. 
and then see if there's any types of internships that might be available for them, or at least part-time work to get them back in the game and to demonstrate their skills so that someone like you who sees them next or even then can say, okay, I can see that you have made those efforts, that you're pretty current. Hiring is always a risk, right? And every employer wants to mitigate that risk as much as possible. Um, One of the things we're finding recently um, with people at that age, and so you're probably talking if this is a woman, for example, because I get stay-at-home, you know, parents of different genders, et cetera, um, probably in her late to late 40s, mid to late 40s, maybe early 50s. So one of the things we've discovered is that some employers still have some hesitation about that, but they also are looking for mature people who can handle more stress, who have the communication skills with individuals and um, have a good work ethic yeah. and you know are willing to put in the time. And that that's, I think, a very important consideration. So it's equally important to get that person to recognize how to present themselves. So we have a cadre of uh, career advisors. I do some pro bono, so does Rick. But we also have a cadre of career advisors, some of whom you know from our networking group. And they've done terrific work in getting people, um, taking them to the next step. So we may tee them up and suggest it. And sometimes during divorce, they're just not ready. You know, the thing is just, it's so stressful. Um, But we do try. Yeah, it it is. It's like, you know, a divorce, a death, it's, you know, losing a business. Those are all such, you know, emotional milestones are all very similar. So we're going to take a little break right now, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk some more with Rona Wexler, the employability expert. Thank you. Hey there. I just want to tell you a little bit about my new book that just came out called Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And here it is. It's how to successfully manage your money in every decade of life. I co-authored this with my CFO, Liz Levy, and together we created this manual that's going to help you through every stage of life. We talk about having a baby. We talk about young adulthood, pre-retirement, what to do when you're at that age of retirement. If you're contemplating divorce, do you need an estate plan? We cover all of these, each subject in a different chapter. And I really think that you're going to find this so helpful because at the end of every chapter, we have checklists that you can look at and you can use and they can be a guide for you. So this is a wonderful manual that we've created. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it on our website at judithhepp.com book. And we're here for you. If you need anything, reach out. I hope you enjoy the book. Here's another picture of it, just so you know what's going on. Here it is. And I'm really proud of it. It's my second book. And I'd love to have you uh, read it and give me your feedback. Judy Heft, judithheft.com, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. And over the years, I've learned so much. And what I've been trying to do is impart a little bit of this knowledge to you so I can help all of you become as financially organized as I am. And we're back. We're back with Rona Wexler. So Rona, you know what? I think, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the uh, situations where, you know, matrimonial or disability, you know, what, why does someone have to consult with you? What are some of the reasons that they're going to hire you and how do they get to you? Is it only through their attorney? It's not like they're, are they, 
are they going to come to you and say, you know what, I need a job. Can you help me? I don't think that's your role here. It's more than that. It's not my role. In fact, I've been asked that on the, on the witness stand sometimes. And, you know, my job is not that. So people approach us when um, these questions come up about earning capacity. It's all about earning capacity or in employment litigation. It's all about, you know, can I, do I have grounds with which I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, what do I need to do to show that I have looked for work or that is there work out there for me? People come to us through all sorts of channels. We have, we're advertised in different expert directories. Juris Pro is one. Um, HG Experts is another. Uh, over the past 21, 22 years, my reputation has really expanded so much so that people just know that I'm the go-to. And in, in the tri-state area, I'm known as the go-to expert because of, you know, we have to be objective no matter what size, what side, you know, retains us. It has to be credible, evidence-based. It has to, um, and we have to work on people's assumptions. So why do people come to us? They assume that they know what's going on. They think a judge or a jury, but primarily a judge, should understand this. The problem is a judge needs good expert advice from someone who is credentialed, who has a certain process that the court expects. That means looking for the jobs online or talking to recruiters or other experts, as well as understanding how to assess an individual's capabilities and potential challenges. And that's why they come to us. And that's why they might talk to me and find me online or through a recommendation. But ultimately, the retention is with the attorney to protect, confid protect confidentiality and privilege as much as possible. So when you're sitting on the stand there, you're representing the client. And so what are some of the issues or some of the types of questions that come up that are unusual or that we wouldn't expect? This is a whole, even though I've known you for so long and never really 100% understood exactly what you did. I knew that you weren't a career counselor. I knew that much. I know that you're an expert witness, but I wasn't really sure how it all worked. And I was in, and I was a career counselor at some time. I ran a career services department in a college at one point as well. So all of my work experience, which is, you know, I worked in corporations. I was in sales and marketing and management and business development. And I had my own recruiting firm and worked for another. And all of that informs how I look at somebody's ability to be employed in the market. So some of the questions that come up would be, there are tons of jobs out there, Ms. Wexer, isn't there? You know, like two jobs for every individual. And my answer to that is not necessarily. There's a lot of not necessarily's. It depends on your skill set, how long you've been out, how the marketplace has changed. What is the job demand now? What are the challenges this person has? One of them you mentioned was being out of the workforce for a significant period of time. That changes depending on, you know, the impact of that is different depending on what you choose. If you have a special education teaching degree and you've been out about five to seven years, that can be overcome, all right? If you had a, a pretty good job in the financial services sector, particularly investment banking or something like that, even at mid-level, tougher, much tougher. Age and time out of the marketplace are difficult challenges to be sure. Um, so that's one. The other one is sometimes they'll say, well, had this person, if this person had started looking for work three years ago when this divorce started, what would that have done? Could they have found a job at that time? 
what happened. Now, absent COVID, some of the cases go on well before COVID. And yes, there's a chance, a good opportunity for that person to have executed a real job search. So we look for people who have documentation, and that's what the court looks for too. Or that's what the attorneys want to see so that they can say, yeah, they made a reasonable effort. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also suggest that at a certain point in time, if you're not getting any traction, if you're getting a lot of rejections or worse, not even getting any invitations to interview, maybe you need to change your strategy. Maybe you need to get some professional assistance. Um, And obviously that's, you know, something that we would point out. Some of the questions have to do with um, medical issues. So with medical issues, we do not review medical records. We're not interested in doing that. We're not medical professionals. However, we do have a questionnaire, very brief, easy for a physician or treating medical team to fill out about different aspects of job functions and what this person can or cannot do, or if accommodations are necessary. And we would look at that as well. Um, Sometimes we get, well, not sometimes, very often individuals want to tell us their whole medical condition, okay? But the point is, a lot of those medical conditions, you know, maybe it's type 2 diabetes, maybe it's I get migraines sometimes, but not often. Maybe it's uh, I can't stand on my feet more than a few hours at a time. You know, those are things we consider, but then we say, well, how does that impact your ability to sustain employment? And sometimes those areas, a lot of times those areas can be accommodated and actually the individual has done so in their day-to-day life. So then we know where to go with that. Um, those that are sounds, some of the- It sounds fascinating to me because you get a lot of different types of things. It's probably never boring. Every case is a little different. What I love about this work and genuinely do is that every time we get a case that's similar to the last one, you know, and I think, oh, no big deal. We'll know exactly where to go with this. I am generally always surprised that it's got a little twist. It's more complicated than we thought. We didn't get all the information. And we meet some pretty nice people at some of the worst times in their lives, you know. Um, And I've never been bored in the job. Yeah, I I can see that. It sounds really fascinating and Mm -hmm. interesting. And you're helping so many people. And that's another plus to the type of business that you have. You know, you're you're a helper, which is ideally we want this to go to settlement. Right. So we consider ourselves an important settlement tool Mm -hmm. if we do go to trial. And I don't think we testify in more than five to seven cases a year. And that's a lot. Okay, it goes up and down. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have any good advice that you want to uh, leave our listeners with? Yes, I do. First of all, if you have any thoughts about this, pick up the phone or send us an email and we'll get in touch with you and have a, a complimentary 20 minute or so consult to get some of the facts and give you some ideas as to whether or not it's worth engaging us. We turn away as many cases as we get. Okay. Uh, because if so we let can't... me just interrupt you one second. So do you take these cases on a contingency basis or do you charge hourly? No, they can't be a contingency. When you're an expert, you can't right. take it as a contingency. Okay. We have a set retainer amount up front and we charge against that. But that initial consultation is generally gratis. Okay. 
And we just want to help people understand what their options are and whether it's worthwhile pursuing this. The other thing we would say is that if you are in a matrimonial manner in particular, um, it's always advisable, even though your friends may tell you otherwise, to start making plans about looking for work and not postponing it. At least the judge sees and the other side sees that you're trying. And lastly, if you are looking for work um, and you want to show that, you really need to keep good documentation. And that generally can be done on a spreadsheet, the date of some, what you did, who you contacted, what the follow-up is, just to show there's consistent daily activity and you're really expanding beyond just passively going online and looking for work because that's a difficult way to get reemployed, especially right. for someone who's more mature where you've got a network that you could start working with, but you've got to know how to work with your network. And that's where a career advisor is very helpful. Well, I think documenting everything, like you said, you know, no matter what, even if it's looking for a job or any financial situation is probably one of the most important things you can do. Take good copious notes and that way you can always go back to them if anybody questions you. So that, that's a great uh, advice there. And also, if you're really making the effort, if you're doing all these activities on a daily basis, you know, at least a few hours a day, oh my goodness, inside of two weeks, you won't remember who you contacted, what the result was. Right. And this, this is a way for you to keep building a relationship with those individuals and knowing where you stand. Absolutely, Rona. So how can they find you? How can our listeners get in touch with you? So our website is www.the employability or you can just look up my name and you'll find it rona wexler and you we we welcome your inquiries by phone or email and all we want to do is help you get moving forward well that's great and i'm sure that you're on linkedin too correct definitely absolutely they can always find you there if they can't mm -hmm. remember that's the right employability expert so if they just great. put in my name they will find me Right. It's R-O-N-A Wexler. So that's great, Rona. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really got a lot out of our conversation. I hope our listeners did too. I'm sure they did actually. Oh, I hope so. And thanks. These were great questions. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rona. You've been listening to Mastering Your Financial Life hosted by Judy Heft. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can read chapters of Judy's books and catch prior episodes of Mastering Your Financial Life at www.judithheft.com.